We're very unique because I don't know if every team in the National Football League has eight dailies still covering you with beat writers. Okay, so you got to factor that into the equation. Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show. We're talking about the business of sports and media, disruption, the NFL, I guess, all kinds of things. Uh, we are here on Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona. I got to write two podcasts in a row now, Scott, as to where we actually are. Uh, I'm Joe Favorito, along with Scott Rosner. Scott, another round. We're going to talk a little bit about media, kind of close to home, I guess. Yeah, look, I mean, with, with Eric Allen from the New York Jets and not just media, obviously we'll get a, 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 some insight into uh, a team that next year hopefully will we'll be in this space uh, as one of the participating but teams. But not in Arizona, by the way. <laughs> not in Arizona, right. If you're in Arizona, you've been to the wrong place, right? Uh, next year in Vegas. That's right. Um, and, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so, Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Um, tell us a little about your background, how you got to where you are, uh, before we start talking about all things Jets. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. And uh, to your lips, to God's ears, as far as the Jets participating in the Super Bowl next year, we'll have to see. Uh, hopefully the postseason is in the cards for the Jets next year. I've been a member of the Jets organization since 2001. I wow. actually started with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in 2000, their public relations department. And I moved up to New York with the Jets, uh, got a job in their PR department in 2001. And then this was the start of the Internet as far as the National Football League was concerned. So a lot of these team sites were um, putting editorial on their websites, not video. Pretty much stories. So I got involved in Internet and Publications. That was the department at the time. And then from there, my communications career kind of transitioned along the way because I had a big time writing background. Things started shifting more to video and podcasts and those things. So I started doing things in front of the camera with the microphone and also producing as well. The rest is kind of history. And uh, again, I just completed my 22nd season with the Jets now. So that was Ron Colangelo? What's that? You worked for Ron Colangelo at that point? No, was Ron, I, was well, he, Ron, actually, I came in before Ron. Wow. Frank Ramos, Frank Ramos. Was, wow. the, was the vice president of the Jets Public Relations. He's the first person who hired me. He's also the first, well, not really, but for all intents and purposes, the first Jets PR person. Oh, he goes back to the yeah. name of day. Yeah. But, but oh, not yeah. necessarily the most famous Jets intern, PR intern. No. Oh, you're going to say Roger Goodell there? That's absolutely right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Second, yeah. second most famous. Second most famous, um, sure. So I think it would be great for everyone to understand the kind of the breadth and scope of the, what media at the Jets actually is. Because I don't think people realize the depth of what teams are doing today. So walk us through kind of all the things that you guys touch. Well, it, it's a lot. It's just speaking as far as this week is concerned, we have somebody here from our social media department. She's taking care of the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook. TikTok is blowing up left and right. All the platforms, right? So then we have a crew that is devoted just straight to long-form documentaries. Uh, people may have watched some of our 1JD films productions or mm -hmm. flight 2022 so we have a department who just specializes in those features uh we also do we produce two television shows that air on cbs during the year saturday night and then sunday morning uh those are jets productions um 
And then we do the Daily Digital, and Daily Digital is NewYorkJets.com. That includes editorial and video, uh, so it kind of runs a gamut. You're talking about digital, social, every social media platform, long form, um, television, broadcast, uh, everything you can think of. And how has that evolved from when you started out writing on a piece of paper? Well, not really writing, but doing just what was the Internet. So you've really seen it from really where it started to kind of where it is now. Give us kind of the scope of how things have changed over the years, size of department and kind of the 24-7 coverage that you guys do now. Well, it's a great question. Internet and publications, like we talked about before, that department that I was hired to back in 01, 02, that was two people. There was a director of internet publications. At that time, the person's name was Ken Elchuk, and I worked with him. Sure. Internet publications meant, okay, you're producing a game day program that they used to physically hand out at the stadium that you guys remember. They don't do that I anymore. Have, I have pings of nostalgia right that, now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, pr used to produce those. And something that we continue to do is we make yearbooks. That yeah. still hasn't gone away. Yeah. We do that in the off season as well. But... Uh, you're talking about two people are providing editorial for a website. That was your digital, not period. Um, and then from there, you just make these transitions along the way. I remember in the, I, I can't at exactly pinpoint the year, but we were one of the first teams in the National Football League. We're sitting here in Radio Row in Phoenix, which is unbelievable, by the way, what a production the National Football League puts on. Uh, this is my first Super Bowl since 2000, my first year in the league, when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually, they were the host city. That was the Super Bowl, the Baltimore Ravens defeating the New York Giants, another local mm -hmm. team. But it, we were in one of the first teams in the National Football League that really jumped into the Twitter space. <laughs> so when you're talking about social media, you're talking about 06, 07, 08, those kind of years, they, they ring a bell because we moved to Jersey in 08. But I remember having meetings about Twitter and jumping into it and saying, OK, you're going to have this thing and you're going to be able to uh, tell people what you're doing. And here's a character limit. And I said, there's no way there's no way anybody's going to jump in into this. And then from Twitter, we saw other things take off, whether it be Instagram. Uh, TikTok is the latest thing that we talk about as an organization all the time as far as people using and then uh, as far as a platform that people are using and uh young people they are the future of the content consumption uh, bottom line because it's constantly changing the evolution is just the speed of the evolution of the content consumption in every kind of industry especially sports it, it's really something else so it's an interesting management question in a lot of ways for people who are a little bit older right like like we are um you're not, I'm not, certainly not putting you right. into my age category. Me, by the way. Certainly right. not okay. putting you into Joe's category. Um, but thinking about you know new technology that you mentioned, young people. But what is it like from the management perspective? I mean, I take it you have someone who is dedicated, if not specifically to TikTok, um, then very limited in beyond TikTok, right? I mean, there are teams that have TikTok special. Right. Oh yeah. Right. So, how does that work? I mean, it's almost like, you know. Are you handing the keys off and saying, hey, you, you do this. We're going to keep an eye on what you're doing and remember our brand. Um, how does that work from a management perspective? I think there is an element of, yes, you have to hand the keys over, but also you have to tell people what the expectations are. What is our voice as an organization? What is our voice on every different platform? 
what are we trying to portray? Who who are we? Are we authentic to who we are? And uh, what you do is essentially you assign people different roles and responsibilities, like I would imagine every other job, where okay, uh, player A or teammate A is going to handle. Well, they're going to handle Facebook or and this person's going to handle Instagram and this person's going to really dive into TikTok and this person's going to be our Twitter voice. So everybody's got to find their own. Um, they they got to find your own home, but you also have an appreciation for every different form of content. I mean, our social media group meets with our video group, members of our video group every day. 9:30 meeting and they talk about ideas and they talk about certain things that are out there that are resonating throughout the sports world throughout the viral world but with that being said i know a lot of people in our department don't want to look too far to see what other people are doing because they want to invent things themselves right. they want to say this is what we did we don't want to be copying people, sure, right? Sure. We want to be the first to come up with an idea and go from there. So there are five teams uh, that have media stat stations on Radio Row. Uh, ironically, the two teams that are playing at the Super Bowl do not have a position on Radio Row. I'm sure they're off doing 10,000 other things with the actual teams. Take us through kind of what the week has been like. What is the type of content that the Jets would be gathering, uh, not playing in the game, uh, and how is that kind of... Uh, siphoned out over over all the platforms that you have yeah so like i said i haven't been to a super bowl week since 2000 that includes metlife stadium when the seattle seahawks played the denver broncos of course 50, um, 56 degrees i think it was that day right? yeah so, which was crazy yeah. uh with that being said what was special organizationally from our standpoint this week is sauce gardner is up for defensive rookie of the year garrett wilson is up for offensive rookie of the year we have two potential Hall of Famers and Joe Klecko is a Hall of Fame, um, a senior finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and Darrell Rivas, who is in his first year eligibility, up for the Hall of Fame. That's all going to be announced Thursday night at NFL Honors. I mean, we're taping Wednesday right mm -hmm. here, so we will know that tomorrow. So we thought as an organization, hey, let's send a group out there to cover it. For us in the digital space, Obviously, in the social space, you have to provide content every day out of the year. When we come here, you have the ability to talk to a number of people. Uh, we stress the importance of putting our voice out there and putting our people on our channels. But also, I think it's very important to get third party opinions of where your organization is going what you're doing, their opinions, because there's only so many things that you can tell your fan base, you can tell the outside world about what you're doing or why they should believe in your direction. Let's go out there and add to our credibility. And this is what's happening here at Radio Row. Uh, in fact, just like an hour ago, we talked to a longtime Jets fan, Rich Eisen. Mm -hmm. Rich Eisen was the voice of our documentary series, Flight 2022 last year but he came over to talk some jets earlier today i talked to chris sims pro football talk all those things we're going to use them in different areas whether it be editorial on our official jets podcast i mentioned the long form documentary folks just the other night we did something with garrett wilson where he came over on radio row we sat with him for 20 minutes put that up on our site put that up on our youtube page took social clips from that but then later in the night Wilson was getting his suit fitting 
at a local establishment, our cameras were with them when in the car. You're going to see that when 1JD films their special on CBS at February 18th, where they have an NFL honors wrap. So it's kind of like all encompassing. After we got done with Eisen, we had Brittany, who was working on her social media. She's asking them questions off to the side where she's going to use some of those things on her social media platform. So we're continuing to feed different platforms here as we go. But for us this week, for what I'm working on, with a lot of podcasts and then overseeing the editorial that's going on digital, we're getting a lot of third-party talk, and that really helps us connect with our fans. And and what is the the plan? You know, you set up contingency plans, right, for Cleco and for Revis. Right. Whether if we get in, right, if he if one gets in and the other doesn't, if both get in, if both don't get in, like you know, how is, I take it all those things are set in 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 stone already. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, funny thing is, we sent to CBS just like our television schedule. Half of the shows are studio based, and then half of the shows are documentary based. Well, two of those shows that are penciled in are the Road to Canton, Joe Klecko, the Road to Canton, Darrell Revis. If one of those guys doesn't get in. We probably won't go in that direction. It's one less right. show. Yeah. Uh, show, right. and, uh, well, one less, or yeah. we just transition it to something else. Right. I do think we got a hell of a chance here to have a big Jets night in Phoenix. I mean, like we talked about at the start, we want to be playing in the postseason next year, but this really could be a big night for the organization. You could have an offensive rookie there, a defensive rookie there, and two guys going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, uh, you know, not playing in the game. Right. Uh, uh, that's probably your your, your next step oh, underneath that. That's about as big that. a news yeah. as you can get, yeah. for sure. For yeah. sure. Um, one more question. The past year, obviously ups and downs, but tremendous interest. Can you put kind of put into words the interest from casual fans this year compared to not even just the last couple of years, but really since you've been there? And and how has that engagement changed, especially in the last couple of years, where the first place people are going to get content is where? I think the hunger is really something else right now because we haven't made the postseason since 2010 as an organization. And the team, actually, when you looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year, most people thought that the Jets' schedule was going to lighten up in the back half. You were going to have to tread water in the front half. Instead, yeah, it was the, the ex- exactly the opposite. You start 5-2, and two, you go 6-3, and three, you go 7-4. and four. What I think what's happening right now with our fan base is they have the belief of, oh, well, we hit on the draft last year. These guys are not only good players, but they have the potential to be stars, whether it be Sauce Gardner or Garrett Wilson or Brees Hall, who unfortunately went out in week seven last year, but he was off to a tremendous starter. Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, that you went from the worst defense in the National Football League to a top five in a number of categories. You got to get the quarterback position figured out. And we're talking to a lot of people about that right now in Phoenix to not only, yes, Robert Sala, you can go to our platforms and find Sala saying, we're committed to finding a veteran quarterback. For us now, we're on the ground and saying, hey, who do you think the Jets should match up with? Who should they pair up with? What's going to happen for us here in the offseason? There's some ebbs and flows in terms of content consumption and peaks and valleys. Um, for us, free agency it, it, is going to be big time as far as the numbers are concerned. So we got to give fans what they want in terms of those previews, 
and then making sure we deliver on the content as it comes in because the Jets are going to make probably a pretty decent sized addition when you're talking about a quarterback here in the offseason. And then after that, for us, training camp always uh, interest is super high, but I think the fans know that they're really close right now as far as this team is concerned. I think there's a belief in uh, Robert Sala and Joe Douglas in that connection, what they have here. And there is a belief that, hey, if we get this right, we're going to be right there with anybody. Uh, last question for me. From a media platform standpoint, who's your competition? Do you guys view traditional media platforms as competition for content? Or is it kind of a destination, a default destination, because you own you know everything about the team and that's where people would go to? That is an awesome question. So my thing is, uh, just if you want to go old school and just talk about editorial, we're very unique because... I don't know if every team in the National Football League has eight dailies still covering you with beat writers. Okay, so you got to factor that into the equation where, it, yes, I grew up in Buffalo. That's a one newspaper town, the Buffalo News. But a good the, newspaper. Yes, a great newspaper. But it's different because if you're providing content in New York Just.com, well, New York Post is, Daily News is, New York Times is, NJ.com is, and I can continue to go on and, and 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 we're not even halfway through and those are just uh, dailies um but our digital and social teams they literally we monitor every number that's coming in so each week we basically have internal audits where you can see well this performed well or this is coming into you from an seo it, this is a name that's firing right now, but you compare yourself to every team in the National Football League where you can look at sheer numbers, but also engagement numbers. Mm -hmm. And that's every social media platform and then every digital platform. So you can talk about editorial, you can talk about video. The only one you really can't right now because there's not a really true measurement out there, universal true measurement is live. And I'm involved mm -hmm. a lot in live right now, but. Um, you, you can look up and down the list, but there is this comparison internally amongst you and the other 32 teams in the National Football League. And then you have to weigh other things in an equation, right? There are teams that have been top from a content perspective for a long time. They might have more traditional fan bases, like the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're coming from the 70s. Or maybe teams that have dominated the last 20 years on the field, like a New England Patriot mm. club. So it's pretty interesting. Cool. So I thought you guys are doing great work. I mean, one JD is, is really good. I mean, the content that you're putting out um, at, at times have been it's been fantastic. And at times it's been difficult because, you know, you're you're putting out great content. And, and sometimes the team has been struggling to, oh, yeah. to do that. Right. I mean, yep. it's, that's a hard thing. It's a lot easier to put out content when, you know, amazing content and something everybody wants to watch when the team is playing amazing and getting to the Super Bowl and playoffs and all those things. Right. But so it's a. A, a real tribute to, to the work that you and your staff are doing um, that it's while not always the easiest it, it, to, thing to do, you guys are putting together great work. But the, the question along with that, everyone has failures and things that they you know wish they could have back, right? From a content perspective, from the stuff that you guys are doing, can you give us an example of one that you did, you thought it would be great, and it just... It, it for whatever reason it just didn't resonate. That's a good question. Uh, the first thing about 
what you said about failures, it really resonates because a lot of people that we work with in the content group, they've never experienced a playoff team. When I came in the NFL. Some probably weren't alive. Yeah. So. My first team yeah. was 2000. Tony yeah. Dungy was yeah. the head coach. The secondary coach was a guy by the name of Herb Edwards who would come yeah. to the Jets and be the head coach. Lovey Smith was a linebackers coach. Ron Marinelli was a defensive line coach. All these guys went on to be head coaches in the National Football League. In fact, when Herm Edwards left to come up here to New York, the guy who replaced him as a secondary coach was Mike Tomlin. Yeah. So I, I know I'm dating myself a little bit, but I was around people like, okay, these are big time winners. Uh, I left Tampa before they won that first Super Bowl. Uh, John Gruden came in and finished that off. But then I came to the Jets. Oh one, they made the playoffs. Oh two, they made the playoffs. Oh four, they made the playoffs. Oh six, they made the playoffs. Oh nine, oh ten, the runs to the AFC Championship. But you haven't seen a playoff since then. So. A lot of these people who we're working with now, we're talking 2023. Unless you've been here 13 years or 12 years, you, you've never experienced it. You've never experienced it. So I think it does play with your head um, because some young professionals, that can get them down. Where you have to keep your head, you got to keep your head down. You still got to be professional about it. But there is a human part of this where, oh man, this stinks. Because we still can produce quality content, but it's still, it's not gonna, you're not gonna have the engagement. The numbers are not going to be there. Sure. And you're gonna have to rise above that. So, the, and fortunately, I think we got a great staff, but that has inherent challenges. But as far as something that didn't work, huh, you know, I could give you countless number of examples of, okay. Let's try this. This didn't hit. We go through these internal audits. And like I was telling you guys just about a minute ago, we literally go through internal audits at the end of the year. And here's your ranges. This is a good range. This is a mediocre range. This is probably something that we got to take a look from a content perspective and say, hey, maybe we got to drop this this year. And that's editorially. That's video. That's podcast. That is live. That is TV, everything across the board. You know, and that could even be like, for instance, this year on CBS, we moved from 1130 to 730 a.m. And I actually think our television show was, our coaches show was better this year. The ratings weren't as good in the 730 slot. So then you have to go back and say, hey, maybe we can talk to CBS about it. Maybe we can go back to 1130, things like that. Why isn't it working? Is it something we're doing from a content perspective? Or is it something that we can do that we can tinker? Because there's always, you got to analyze the whole situation and every piece of content you have. So, One last question, which I just thought of, because we've talked about this international. Yeah. Uh, you guys do a podcast in the UK. Um, the Jets have been aggressive in the UK. Um, how has that evolved over time and how is it going? Well, it's evolved tenfold over time. I, you're talking about these international marketing, marketing rights. That, that wasn't something that was on anybody's mind in the early 2000s. I remember the Bills, they started playing in Toronto like a game year. One, one got canceled. Right? Yeah. I mean, did they not play one? Yeah. Something along yeah. those lines, right? Mm. And then uh, actually my first year here with the Jets, we played in something called, um, I think they called it the American Bowl. We played it over, we played a preseason game 
in Japan, in Tokyo against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, yeah, we're working with groups over there in England right now to really expand our fan base and, you know, see what the opportunities are for us financially. Because, obviously, you want to bring your content to a market that has been largely dominated by the other football you know it, that that is the world's game. We get it. We we got America's game. But with that being said, uh, we I, we do think we got a great opportunity over in London, specifically when you're talking about a New York market because there's such a natural connection there. So uh, we played there a couple of times in the last since 2015. I know I went over there in 15. That was an unbelievable experience. Um, I think the league is continuing to expand their international footprint. But, uh, yeah, the U.K. podcast, we've done. And then we have to, again, continue to evolve what we're doing over there. Uh, the, the Jets actually had a relationship with uh, Charles Tirrett as well. And I know some of our staff was going over there, not just content people, but some of our staff going over there and doing, like, a fashion series with Charles Tirrett based on yeah. that connection. Yeah, for cool. sure. Interesting. Yeah. I want to wrap us up, Scott? Absolutely. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for taking the time today to join us and have a continued great week the rest of the week. Joe? What, tell us all the places you want people to engage with Jets, including how they can find more about find more out about you. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. This is great. Uh, NewYorkJets.com. Uh, we will be on CBS during the off-season, too. Like I said, the studio-based shows, I'm helping produce and host those. Uh, we're going to be 11.30 p.m. Saturday night, CBS, and 1JD Films. You can check those out as well. We're going to alternate our programming uh, content there. Official Jets podcast. Where you can, wherever you're finding your podcast right now, you can find us, or you can watch us on NewYorkJets.com and YouTube if you want to have the video component. That's right there as well. Uh, Instagram, I'm not posting too much right now, but I'm E. Allen Jets at at Instagram and Twitter, and then you can find us on all the various platforms just the, with NY Jets. Cool. All right. My podcast idea for the Jets is to have one surrounding all of the Columbia University faculty cool. who are currently affiliated with the New York Jets. We can talk more about that one offline. Okay. And we're always looking, <laughs> we're always looking to expand another content big expansion market. here big, with big the Jets. Market. Huge market. Cool. Huge market. Cool. Thanks, guys. So for Joe Favorito, this has been Scott Rosner with the Columbia University Sports Management Podcast, The Cusp Show, live from Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona. See you next time.